Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today, hour number two of our show about to begin here on this hour. We're going to have some takeaways from week four in the NFL. Also dive into a little bit of the Kirk Cousins madness. Joe has his 10 things he hates about fantasy football. Fantasy Sports Today, hour number two starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. And welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today, hour number two of our show. As we dive in, Joe Pizapia, Craig Mish, Sean Guastamakia producing this show today. We've got baseball playoffs coming up tonight. We'll hope to get another exciting game between Tampa Bay and Oakland. And then tomorrow, the divisional games begin. And that's uh, what I'll be doing tomorrow, tomorrow night. Are you kidding me? I got NFL. I got college football. I got baseball. This is a great month to be a sports fan for sure. Hockey, I believe, starts uh, 24 hours. Maybe even tonight. Does hockey start tonight, Joe? I don't know. Start tonight or tomorrow? Uh, you know, it's a good question. I don't okay. know if there's a we, one-off we both game know nothing about it. We gotta, no, no, I take it back. I love Joe has the hockey live. black book. He's very big into it, but... No, 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 I'm not. I'm I'm smart enough to let all of my Canadian friends write the good. hockey let black book. Let them run it. Let them run That's right. That's run it. And, they, and let me tell you... If, Who do they if got winning playing, the championship? You got a clue here? I have no... No, it's fantasy. They don't pick championships, but I'll tell you what. The, oh, they, the, the, the content there, even if you're just playing DFS hockey... It's spectacular. The write-ups that guys like Chris Meany and Neil Parker and Michael Clifford did are just absolutely spectacular. So I, I would highly recommend it if you're playing season-long, if you, even if you had your draft already or if you're playing DFS, it's a very helpful guide. Okay, so uh, here is an interesting story. Now, all last season, there was this discussion about this one guy. They called him the mattress guy, where he was making huge bets on the Houston Astros. He did two years ago to win the World Series. He did last year. Of course, he lost, but he is back this year. And his name, Joe, is Mattress Mac, Jim uh, McInvale, the owner of Gallery Furniture in Houston. And he did this in Mississippi. So it was the one of the largest bets ever taken by a U.S. bookmaker. And, of, of course, the biggest one ever in Mississippi, for sure. And he did it at the Scarlet Pearl in Biloxi, Mississippi, one year ago next week. Joe, I was there at the uh, I was at the Hard Rock in Biloxi and also at the Scarlet Pearl. I did my first uh, sports betting ever in Mississippi. Me and a couple friends of mine went. And Mattress Mac bet $3.5 million on the Astros to win the World Series at the DraftKings Sportsbook at the Scarlet Pearl. If he wins, Joe, it's a two-to-one bet, approximately. He'll win $7.7 million if the Astros win the World Series. I mean, this seems to be a good bet, Joe. But yeah. three, but three and a half million. There's a picture of this guy with the cash. Like, wow. Like, to me, that's... Well, he's an old guy too, so this is that. That's what's kind of stunning to me. Is I wonder how his grandkids all feel. (laughs) (laughs) That is probably the best point you've ever made here on the show. Thank you, thank you. A compliment from the grandkids. Got to got to tackle this guy before. I mean, come on. The guy looks like he's eighty three years old. Clearly, no. Seriously, do we get an age on this guy? Because he's definitely Uh, older. I'll I'll check. I I mean, look, he definitely looks. He looks about eighty or somewhere in the seventies for sure. He's way above. He's not in his sixties. No way. (laughs) This guy's above sixties for sure. He's got anyway. If I'm his kids or his grandkids, I'm like, listen. 
stop. <laughs> Come on, look, mattress man, look, I mean, don't you want me to have a nice bed to lay in the rest of my life and roll around in all that cash that you're wasting? And granted, it'd be great if you could turn it into, you know, double your money and stuff, but I'm good with the 3 million pop. Come on, the 3 million. He's 68, he's 68, Joe. He's 68, all right. So, so clearly this is his lot in life. Now, maybe he doesn't have kids. Maybe this is his thing where he just goes, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to believe a guy named Mattress Mac wasn't hitting the mattresses at some point and making some babies. I mean, come on, he's selling all that furniture. Chances are he's got some kids. So I, I don't know. I, if this brings this man joy and he's older and he's like, yep, I love my Astros and this is what I want to do. And it, Hey, I guess $3 million to Mattress Mac is not $3 million to us. So I guess that's all relative to you. If Warren Buffett goes and puts $3 million on something, nobody blinks an eye, right? So that's maybe this true. guy's loaded yeah. and he can do it. Maybe, yeah. maybe the moral of the story is we're in the wrong business. You and I should open up a furniture chain. Could be. By the way, yeah. he's uh, they wouldn't, the, they took three and a half million. He was looking to get ten million on uh, on Houston. So he's well, going to have to go to Vegas to do the rest, I guess. I don't know, man. It's 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 crazy. But good for him. That's all I can say. I don't know. If I had three, all right, so, you so had let's pivot. Dollars. Let's pivot here. No if you had three million dollars, Joe, <laughs> in in liquidized uh, free funds. Uh, what what would uh-huh. you be doing with three million dollars? We know this is great. This is like Brewster's that. millions, right? You you're saying. You have to give it to me like this, and you have to bet it. Like that's part of the thing. Oh well, I don't think that you have to bet it. I, I just oh, think well, it I'm not. Right, right. I wouldn't look. Come on. But what? But don't you, you think if, they have? If to you had three million me. in in liquid that you just basically were like, ah, oh, you know, like I could do anything that I want with it. What would it be? Like, what would you do? Uh, well, obviously I wouldn't wager it, but I, I would, I would really, would take my kids and I would go to Italy for like two months. And let them really soak in the culture of where they're from originally, like where that their cultural thing. And I mean, that's just me. It's a yeah, place that's very dear to me. With that. And it's well, an expensive thing. But I think yeah. that would be a fantastic way to spend a couple months, not visit there, but really kind of be there for a while. That would be you could that would be Joe. You could you could buy a place there and live there. For I, a could, I could just buy a place. You don't, you don't have to go, go for two months with three million. You could go for years. No, nah, but then I'd miss you. And then I don't know what the time yeah, difference you, is. You of you me doing show we could connect here on the show on the Internet. It's fine. But it's what would you do with three million dollars? Well, I would buy a new house for sure that would be the yeah. first thing i mean i'm very happy in the home that we have and, yeah i like the house and we live right in florida nice. and we live on the east near the beach and we're comfortable for sure but i absolutely would upgrade and and get us a, a bigger I have house a, i have a better question let's play brewster's billions like i'm giving you this money i'm your bet. i'm your grandpa leaving you this money and you got to bet the three million on something in sports the rest of the year what are you uh, betting on and don't tell me garter Minshew when i mean there's nothing there's 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 nothing that um Patriots to win the Super what, Bowl. What I would, like I'll, I'll tell you what I would do. I'll tell you what I would bet it on. I, I, no, I have my answer here. I don't okay. have the actual bet, but what I'll tell you sp- very specifically because I, um, this is what I'm good at. I would wait until March, and I would take it and bet it, and I would pick a team in Major League Baseball, either the over or the under, and I would and I would pick one team, and I would do it that way because that's what I've had a lot of success doing on a season win total. Now, season again, win totals unders on baseball, I think, is very easy to peg if you really know the well, depth of organizations. Well, 50% went under, Joe, and 50% went over. I would not say it was... No, no, no. I don't... I, I, yeah, but if you know that... Well, the point I'm making is if you know the depth of an organization and what they have in the pipeline and when they have injuries, because everybody has injuries, what you're able to come back from and not, and the, what's coming through that if, you know, if you need extra talent or talent at the major level is not performing, that certainly impacts. Because if you look at the teams like Detroit, like Baltimore, all these teams that lost 100 games, part of the reason is their pipeline sticks. And I think that's yeah, but San Francisco's pipeline stunk and they went over. So I'm not I'm not saying that you're wrong in the analysis. It's just that to me, that's where I've succeeded. And I don't bet a lot of them. Uh, I bet one every year. That's what I do. And I put a lot of money on it a lot. And that's what I do. Did it this year? Did it last year? And so far, so good. Um, In in my theory, I've talked about this on uh, on Visa when I go on there. My theory with with this is that, Joe, what I do is I stay away from the top and, and I stay away from the bottom. And the teams that are in the middle 
and I asked myself which teams are in the middle in the 70s range that are a little bit overrated, that are playing in a tough division, and that in the next month or two, April, May, June, start trading off their players. And and that is where I've nailed it the last couple of years is just looking at that. Oh, they're going into the season with 74, 75 wins. But are they really trying? Because you know how this goes. The team gets to a point. They're like, well, let's just trade everybody. And they're done. So two years ago with Texas, this past <laughs> year with Toronto. And and next year, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. I'll ha- we'll look at the numbers and see where we're at. So um, but that's kind of the way that I uh, that I attack it. Um, by the way, real quick, uh, before we hit our next segment here, do you think that you need to um, play for money in fantasy leagues, by the way? Like that's that's been kind of a hot topic in general. Do you think that need to know, but it, it certainly helps. And I don't understand at this point. The, this is one of the things about the fan track setup, and it's not because I work with them. It's I legit believe this. The fact that you can't if you are set, part of what happens in leagues is people get upset because of the way people don't pay or are supposed to pay whenever. In Fantrax, they have a setup where you can't access the league until you pay your buy-in. So you can't look at the league. You can't look at the, you can't get ready for the draft. You can't do anything until you pay your buy-in and you can set it up that way. And then it all holds. And at the end of the year, it all filters back out to whoever's supposed to get their money, however you set it up. And I think that's the way all these sites should run at this point. I understand certain ones can't run that way for their reasons and that's fine. I'll tell you this, the, the leagues that don't have money, I'm less attentive to over the I years. I agree. I agree. Especially in baseball. Yeah. Baseball is the one for me that that drops off. The leagues, like my home league, where you know everyone's in for a hundred apiece or whatever it is, and the winner gets a grand. That one, I, I it's got my full attention. It, the football industry league that doesn't have money, like flex, has my attention because I want the belt. So it's a toy. So that's important to me. Plus, I like to be Jake, and I'm four and zero right now. So I'm, I'm <laughs> right. off to a good oh, start. Now. Good for you. So there's a lot of things. So there's there's a lot of reasons I want. So revenge is good. Belts are good. Money's good. Pride is okay, but you got to be playing in a pride league with the right people. But baseball for me right now, no money in baseball. It's hard to keep my attention. Yep. All right. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll get your attention next. Talking about Kirk Cousins. Don't go away. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. I like fantasy sports today. And I like football. And I'm going to keep doing them both because they make me feel good. Welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia here on the show. We're in our second hour of our programming for Listening On Demand. Make sure you like and subscribe to our show, whether you're on iTunes, Android, Google Play, however you listen to the show. It is also in podcast form. Get sent to you right to your phone. You can subscribe to us. That's how it works. If you've never downloaded a podcast before, look, I don't blame you. Some people haven't, but you can listen to the show as a podcast. Just make sure you go into wherever you listen to your podcast. Hit the subscribe button, the like button. And uh, smash the five stars. Give us a uh, a good rating, if you wouldn't mind. So I really, for some reason, uh, had Kirk Cousins in my head last night. I think it was probably because uh, Howard and uh, Bender and I on the Wager Alarm live stream were diving in more to Cousins. And uh, it was kind of like we were having an argument of some sorts because Howard was saying, oh, you know, he's just he's not good and he just he sucks and this and that. And 
And so I we were arguing a little bit because I, I don't disagree now. I mean, look, the results speak for themselves and he looks awful. OK, so there's there's no argument as to where we are in 2019. But what I said to him was like, but he was good. Like he I, I mean, the numbers were good for years with this guy. And I'm just so baffled as to with a good system, with good receivers around him, with the best running back in the NFL. Is is there something, Joe? Is there something that I'm missing? So here were the numbers in Washington and Minnesota. 2015, 4166 yards, 29 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. It's a QB1. 2016, 4,917 yards, 25 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, down in touchdowns, but up in yards. It's like a borderline QB1. 2017, a little bit of a dip in yards, 4093, but up in touchdowns, 27, 13 interceptions, borderline QB1, 11th best, 12th best, 10th best right there. And then last year, first year in Minnesota, 30 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 4298. And Joe, when I look at those numbers, I think like, what what is going on here? Are these numbers going to show themselves at the end of the season? Maybe they will. And we're just so wrong on this guy and just beating this guy to death for nothing. He apologized yesterday to Adam Thielen, saying that he did miss some opportunities there. Joe, is it the sacks that he's been sacked 81 times in the last two years? What, what I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. And I feel like maybe we're overreacting. And at the end of the season, we're going to see 4,000 yards and 25 touchdowns. But are we like, where are we at with this? It's funny because sometimes you want to go and you want to look around and say, okay, what's different? And and you can say, okay, the coordinator is different, but not really because Stefanski has been there this whole time. Anyhow, he's, you know, he's been the quarterback coach, so it's not like he's new. And when they made the change with Filippo last year, Stefanski was the one that stepped in. So it's not a problem there. Uh, in his first season working with cousins as the quarterback coach, he threw 30 touchdowns and his fewest interceptions ever, which was 10. So there was a lot of positive things you take away from last year. I'm going to, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I'm going to try my best to actually dial back and, and dig in a little to these games. This first game of the year, obviously very disappointing from a fantasy standpoint, 98 yards. They put up 28. They didn't need to throw the football because Dalvin Cook ran a muck in that game. So that was almost like a pass. It was almost like one of these games where you go, well, what are you going to do? Dalvin Cook ran all over the place. You didn't need to throw the football. We were up by a ton. It just made sense to play the game that way. The next game was against Green Bay, who up until this past week against the Eagles, we were all talking about how good the Green Bay defense was. Yeah. And they are. They are still a good defense despite the showing. I think they got caught with their pants down a little bit against the Eagles. They didn't take them seriously enough. And Wentz made a couple plays. Then the next one, Oakland. They put up 34. Not a great Spot, though, for him, again, a very heavy Dalvin Cook game. I think the philosophy is changing. And then, of course, again, Chicago, another very good defense. So they played two games where they were up by a ton, ran Dalvin Cook into the ground because that's the kind of game it was going to be. And then you've played against two defenses that were, you would say, division games, very tough defensive opponents, certainly long days. This week, they played the Giants. I think this week we get a better idea of where Kirk Cousins is at. And I think it boils down to one simple fact at this point in time. I think it's a confidence issue. And there's only two ways to get it. You either kick it out of him and you call him out and you see if you can fire him up or you pat him on the butt and say, hey, look, shake it off. It's over. It's done. You go out there now and you be confident in the guy and you, and you give him the pat on the butt or the kick in it. But I think right now, Craig, when you watch the footage, it seems like a confidence issue. It doesn't seem physical. It could be and maybe we don't know. 
it could be a philosophical change because Dalvin Cook is now this guy. And this could be also a massive overreaction from last year when they were so predictable at the pass. And that was the undoing of their season that they're now the coaching staff has gone the other way too far. And in terms I of think that's the mentality what it is right there, I think that they were so is. predictable last year, so predictable that the first half of the year, it was brilliant. And then when cook went down, the balance went out of the offense. All they did was throw the football. And I think Kirk Cousins started making mistakes and maybe it got into his head and he lost some confidence and, and they started losing football games. Yeah. Well, he now also, they've gone the other. Let's route. not forget. He threw that interception against the Packers in the back of the end zone. Oh, it's huge. That, and that, it was a huge shakeup too, but I think that you're right. I think they've, I think the coaching staff has gone too conservative with this guy. They have. And, it won't. Look, this is the week. This is the week and, against and, the Giants. And look, and the, the number, and this is what drives me nuts. And this is why I wanted to do this exercise. The numbers, Joe, for the last four years are undeniably good. They're absolutely undeniable. He was and, a low end quarterback. One this year. He makes huge mistakes. He's never going to win a big game. You could say all those things, but from a fantasy perspective, He's put numbers up. I don't care if he's been with Washington or he's been with Minnesota. Is he going to get sacked a lot? Yes. He's going to fumble a lot. Yes. So what Minnesota decided to do is say, we don't want to see the sacks and fumbles anymore. We're just going to completely change what we do. Well, dude, you're going eight and eight. If that's the case, because you are not beating any good teams playing like that. This week, I'm telling you right now this week, I would put him ahead of the Bridgewaters, Mason Rudolphs. I would put him ahead of, well, let, let's I put him ahead of Andy Dalton. in super. Well, okay. Well, I have that. So let's, so I'm going to, so here are the quarterbacks that I would still play him over. And by the way, he's been sacked. Are we eight talking times. this week? We're talking this week, right? Against the Giants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. He's been sacked sure. uh, eight times this year. And so his pace is for, uh, well, four games, eight, 16, uh, 30, or about 40 sacks again. Okay. So uh, who would you start Cousins over in fantasy right now? I would still start Cousins over whoever Buffalo's quarterback is, correct? Yes. I would well. Rosen's not playing. It, I mean, um, it, right. I if would, it was Allen, I wouldn't. I would but. still start him over Dalton against Arizona. Yep. I would still start him over whoever Washington plays. Hundred percent. Even if it's Joe Theismann, I'll start him. <laughs> okay. We're ripping. Uh, Luke <laughs> Luke Falk for sure. Yes. Okay. Mason Rudolph, we are complete agreement on. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he okay. was the first one out of my mouth. Yeah. Right. Flacco. Still, I probably would start Cousins over Flacco. Yeah. Against the Giants, you have that secondary so bad. But at that, but now, now we're in dicey range, though. At this point, though, like, like those are the definites. You, you have other definites that you would start um, over. Um. No, I think you hit the definites. I'll right. peel through the schedule again, but I think you hit the definites. Right. And then the ones that would be probables would would you start Cousins over Minshew this week? It's a tough one. It really is. Minshew makes plays, but I think I will take Cousins matchup. I really do. Okay. The Carolina's defense has played all right. That's another thing that kind of gets lost in the shuffle with the whole Cam Newton business. Carolina's defense has been okay this year. played great this past week. I mean, people uh, don't then, give them Chase any credit Daniel. at all. How about Chase Daniel this week? against? Oh, Oakland? God, I hate the Raiders so much, but I think I'm still going to take Cousins. I am. But I think you've nailed all of them because you got, you'd got you start Brissett over him against the Chiefs. Um, Of course, you're, you're starting Lance. I, I think I would um, Garoppolo is another one you could put in that. Oh, no, no, no. I'd start Garoppolo for sure. Monday Why? Because he's not a turnover machine. You know, the 49ers oh, no. third the in turnovers the, the, the and they had games. a buy. I They're like still guys. third. I like oh. guys in the, the night games. I do. Oh, uh, Monday night games. <laughs> there, there's analysis. I like guys in the evening. I do. I do. I like those <laughs> primetime games. I like starting guys in, in those games, especially in good matchups. Uh, so I, I guess five guys for me at Bridgewater. I'm on the fence. So I would start. Above, uh, him over one, two, three. Oh, you forgot four, Mariota. Five, I'd start him over Mariota. No, I would not. I'd start Mariota. <laughs> I would against Buffalo. I would. I just don't think they're going to throw the football. I don't. So I'm. I, this is. You're right. This is the critical week for him. I mean, this is a huge week. And if he gets right, if he gets right, if Thielen has a great game, if, Dig, if let's say, let's say 
they both have like 85 plus yards and a touchdown, both of those receivers. Right. I think everybody sits back and goes, oh, well, maybe it was just a tough opening to the schedule or maybe it was just kind of the perfect storm of stuff. But for me, when you watch him play, what I see is a guy that's lacking confidence in certain moments. And the best thing to have to build confidence is to play a weak opponent because it gets you back on track. And the Giants, although they've been a feel good story for the last two weeks, the Vikings defense is a, a much better Vikings team all around is much better than anybody they've played. And they're going to get absolutely exposed in the secondary because those two are quality, quality wide receivers. And that secondary is trash for the Giants. All right. We'll take a short break. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today after this. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia with you here till 2 o'clock Eastern and full-time fantasy. We'll take over at that point. We're going to get into 10 things that Joe hates about fantasy football coming up. Let's get to some quick uh, news and notes here also in the NFL in case you missed our earlier part of the show. Uh, Joe, John Ross, who has gotten off to a nice start for the Cincinnati Bengals, looks like he's going to be out for an extended period of time, weeks, months. We really don't know at this point. But uh, all of a sudden, I'm seeing the advocation of picking up Auden Tate. Uh, uh I mean, I don't know about that one, Joe. Like, I mean, that seems to be the hot name. I got to be honest with you. I am leaving him off my list on the waiver wire this week. I think I would still believe in Tyler Boyd. I know he had an awful game last week, but would you pick up Tate in any league and start him this week? I, I, I don't know. I, I would not. No, no, absolutely not. I'm, I'm don't even think we can get to a DFS place with him. I don't. I don't think so. After I mean, that's what just... we saw Monday night. And let's say hypothetically that Dalton plays 30% better, which is very likely this week against Arizona. Why would Tate be a guarantee to do anything? I would uh, think no that, idea. I, I, I just would because a guy's leaving eight targets on the table doesn't mean that they automatically get filtered to that guy. I just, well, I hate just that. Not, I hate that's a lazy new, fantasy. I'm just not a real uh, fan of this kid. Like I, I, oh, I mean, he would have been seventh out round pick in 2018. I mean, like, he's not a guy that jumps off the page, obviously, if he did, you would have seen more of him in this time when AJ Green was out. I think Boyd is 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 now like bump Boyd up a little bit more, especially coming off that week last week. They're going to go back and watch film and say, why didn't Mixon we get Boyd the ball enough? Maybe Mixon Mixon. a big game. Mixon Mixon oh, needs like a waiting for him. Boy, he man. needs a game where they you know he carries the ball eighteen times and he has eight catches. Like he needs that kind not of a impossible. game or eight targets. Yeah, yeah, not impossible. Look, they were out of it so early in that game. All right, uh, 10 things that Joe hates about fantasy football in week five in the NFL. Joe, let's start off with Stefan Dix. Let's start off there, and this is a point where every week on Fantrax HQ, you get to live in my rage, and I get to share yours because it's a safe space, and fantasy football can certainly be frustrating. We know that, especially if you're playing in a guillotine league with Craig Mish, 
And his starting quarterback is Case Keenum every week. And Not, anymore. Not, Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> Imagine the frustration of all of those owners in that league when they look up and they see Craig Mish's super flex quarterbacks, Kyle Allen, Josh Rosen, Case Keenum, and there I he made is. It. Week five. Alive. Look I at am. you go. You're a machine. All right, let's get after it here. And the 10 things I hate about fantasy football in week five. Number one, it's Stefan Diggs having a big game. And it's having a big game against the Bears. Most of the time, we would still be leaving Stefan Diggs in a lineup. I think a lot of people saw that Bears matchup and went, oh, I can't do it this week. What am I, an idiot? And then they sat him, and then he had a good game. And speaking of that, that brings us to number two, Jarvis by the, Landry. By the way, okay. before we move on okay. to two, let me, let me say this. That sure. game with Diggs, completely fraudulent. Nothing in the first half. Fumbled a, a catch. All he did was catch garbage time balls. And I know that in the stat sheet, <laughs> hey. it's going to look good, Joe. But and I'm a Diggs owner, heavy Diggs owner this year. I am not buying what I saw last week. Did you week get the points point. last week from Diggs or was he on the bench? I got the points. Yeah, I got the points too, because I just didn't have a better option. I yeah, McLaurin McLaurin was out, so I had no choice. Yep. Yeah. A lot of people, uh, a lot of people did not. Uh and speaking of uh games that probably happened on a lot of benches, Jarvis Landry showing up for 167. Look at that. He's had he had more points last week than he had the whole season. And then just when you think, okay, well, great, a breakout game, awesome. Nope, concussion protocol. So now he's still on your bench no matter what. So basically, he's been a big fat zero for you most of the year. Number three, the Texans offensive line. This shows up here now every week. Every week, this is beginning, This is like a theme where uh, it's like six sacks. Sean Watson's just on his back, and this is, this is brutal. They need to figure something out. They need to figure it out fast. Yeah. I don't care if it's extra guys in the backfield. I don't care whatever it is, but Craig, if this keeps happening, Deshaun Watson's going to be the next quarterback. He's going to be number 12 on the list of quarterbacks uh, that aren't playing. I'll tell you, I could not sell uh, our friend Bender on this one. He, I, I said, I thought, look, how can Atlanta be getting five points in this? I don't get it. I don't understand it. That's, I don't think Houston's good. I don't think Atlanta's good at all. But, I, I mean, they have talent. I think they'll keep this game close. He's, he's not buying it along with me. I think I'm going to be on an island with the picks. With the, well, with you that, can with funnel that. me that PayPal, too. I'll put it in for you, too. <laughs> for All of a sudden, in one show, I became Craig Mish's bookie. I love this. It could, Italian it stereotypes. I, mean, I, I think Houston yeah. this week is just thrilled to win by a point. Thrilled hey, sure. to you beat might, Atlanta by a point. Craig, you want some action? What do you want? What do you want? I do want to do the Minshew, though. I do. All right, we'll do. I, we're going to be all in on the Minshew. You and me, we're going to ride that train together. It's going to be great. Okay. Uh, number four, Jay Gruden losing his mind. It finally have he finally cracked. And you know what? I can't blame him. It's been a long and winding road for him, and he just cracked. It was the wrong thing to take Case Keenum out of that game. It was wrong because of what was coming up on the schedule next. It was wrong because Haskins wasn't prepared. And it was wrong because the Giants are not very good. So even if Keenum was bad early, and I mean awful, he still had a shot to win that football game. He did. They downgraded from a shot to be competitive to an absolute stinking zero. And that's Jay Gruden's fault because he's just completely lost. I know it you're mad. You, you had your prediction on this and it was wrong, but it's OK. You, well, you, my you, prediction you, was Haskins would start on the 13th. He ain't right. starting next week. But, but, I, but you threw a book it, too, man. That was that was like, yeah, book it. He's going to start on the 13th. You're right. You still think book he it. does that? Book it. The 13th against the <laughs> Dolphins. They brought him in. They brought him in and book it three weeks early. 
Uh, well, that's not again. You, you oh, put the kid in well, a place. Well, not well, the to, result plays out here. They did. The result was why theory. would you throw the kid in the game where he was? I under, it didn't make one. any sense, Joe. You're in no. process. In pro, your process was the guy your process behind behind more. Your process was right. The result was was not right. Well, you think it's the result? I think it was it was Jay Gruden losing his mind. They how do you how do you show. think the guy that you're not sure if he's ready yet and you throw him into a spot where he didn't practice with the what was McCoy, week? What was McCoy's deal? Was he inactive? Do we do we ever resolve I, that? Sure we still have we resolved that. Even if he's active, he's inactive. It did not make any sense to me at all. I well, that, he must have been inactive. I can only assume that was the situation. We should why don't, yeah Google that. Find out was he inactive? Because <laughs> <laughs> this is like a it's like an ongoing thing here. Well, right. I'll, I'll do you number go to, five. You go to your you next one and I'll look that up. All right, the Rams and their 11 stinking rushes. 11. I don't care how many points the other team is scoring. You cannot run the football 11 times. You cannot do it. You cannot do that in the NFL and win football games. Sean McVay, you know better. Stop it, boy wonder. I think you're reading your press clippings a little bit too much. I think you need to come back down to earth and remember why this team was good. It's because you ran the football with Todd Gurley. And if you can't run the football with Todd Gurley, then you need to run it with all these guys you talked about all preseason and how great they were. You need to run the football with somebody and you need to stop putting everything on Jared Goff because that is not how you're going to win football games. Number six, did you find it or no? Yes, he was uh, inactive, Colton. There you go. So so, so another bad job. So he was anticipating <laughs> Keenum sucking and then he didn't even have Colt McCoy active in this game. So dumb. And I'm assuming Haskins must have had something in his contract where he can't be inactive first year. No, or something like that. Why? why would I don't know. Because why the hell, if you had to deactivate a quarterback? Maybe McCoy McCoy hasn't been healthy, though, Joe. He has, he's been hurt for months. Ugh, God. Number six, the Ravens' defense is living on past reputation. They are. They are. They played some weak opponents early in the year. Everybody's like, the Ravens, the Ravens. And then an offense with a quarterback and a running back came in and blew their doors off in Baltimore. Now, they'll rebound this week against the Steelers, but just keep in mind, just because you see the Ravens on the other side does not mean that you're benching guys like you used to in the past. Melvin Gordon is back, sort of, kind of, is he? I don't know. Number seven, what the hell's going on this week? Are you firing up Melvin Gordon? No. (laughs) (laughs) When when are you? When does it happen? Because now... Next next week. Next week six? Yeah, one more week, yeah. Yeah, like pretty much exactly what you paid for Gordon. I think you'll end up getting at the end of the year. But as I look back on it now, it does appear that Eckler is going to give you RB2, at least RB2 value all year. I would not sell him. I would not trade him. Nothing. It looks great. Right. Still looks great. Number eight. Another quarterback bites the dust. Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, just get just move over. Everybody slide over on the bench. Drew, Ben, Andrew. I know you're not even on the bench anymore. You're You're off by the... You know, you're on the Stairmaster or something. You're doing your own thing. But everybody else, slide down, make room for Mitchell Trubisky, just one in the many, many quarterbacks uh, who are starters in the league and who are not starting in week five. And it's it's ruining my friend Craig Mish's enjoyment of football. It is. He was here on Monday complaining about how these games aren't very good, and this is why, because we keep losing quarterbacks, Craig, at an alarming rate right now. Yeah. Yep, that's been happening all year long for sure. All right, those are things that Joe Pizapia hates about uh, fantasy football, and certainly you can let us know what you guys like, what you guys hate about fantasy as well. 
Uh, plenty more to get to here on our show today, and uh, we'll talk about a number of different topics, including the Major League Baseball playoffs, which tonight have a one-game do-or-die scenario as the Oakland A's take on the Tampa Bay Rays. So stay tuned. We'll get into that next to give you some uh, quick updates in terms of the league today. Uh, a setback for Mike Badgley, the kicker for the Los Angeles Chargers. So their new kicker, and those of you who still play with kickers in fantasy leagues, uh, the name here to know is Chase McLaughlin. And uh, McLaughlin, a rookie out of Illinois, made uh, basically, it looks like here, all 79 of his extra points, 75% field goal percentage as well. So keep an eye on him if that's somebody that you're interested in a fantasy league. Also, uh, we'll be back on this show tomorrow. Professor Pizapia will be in the house. We'll preview the Thursday night game. We'll also take a closer look at the college games with our friend John Lobb, the Gridiron Scholar. So plenty more to get to this week in fantasy. Plenty more to get to in terms of reality as well. You are listening to Fantasy Sports Today. Coming up next, we'll have a baseball playoff preview. And also, I'll uh, run through Joe with the uh, guillotine league, the waiver wire. I know we've uh, been waiting on that. So we'll do that next, too. Don't go away. for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. All right, welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. And so uh, before we get into some of the baseball, let's uh, recap this uh, waiver that went off last night, Joe, in the guillotine league. I'll tell you what happened here and, and you can give me your thoughts on, on what you think. Um, okay. So remember, this is a 16 team league where you get eliminated in the league and then all your players go back on the waiver wire and they can be bid on. So I'm going to run through the bids and you'll tell me, you know, what you think. All right. All right. <laughs> this is exciting. thousand dollar budget here. Uh, so, dollar budget. Juju Smith and you had like twelve dollars left, right? What do you have left? Fourteen. Yep. Fourteen. Okay. Juju Smith Schuster was added. He was the top uh, player available for two hundred and fifty-five dollars. Me. I, I didn't get any of these guys, obviously, that we're going through. Of course. course. Uh, T.Y. Hilton was available. He went for one hundred and eighty-seven dollars, and that it's owner a bargain. And that owner dropped Geronimo Allison. That's a weird thing to do this week. I agree <laughs> with Adams out. I agree. Can you uh, can you add him Sunday for free? Uh, I could, but I'm really stacked at wide receiver. We'll go through that. Uh, Everyone stacked. On okay, Damian okay. Williams was available. He was on that team too. I mean, you could see what happened here. Juju bad week. Ty, Ty Hilton didn't play. Oh, sure. no, there's always play. a you narrative. You see why this guy got knocked agents. out. Yeah, like, like it's obvious. Uh, so Damian Williams is available. He went for 114. 
Matthew Stafford was the top quarterback that this owner had on his team. He went for 65. Mm-hmm. Marquise Brown from the Ravens was available. He went for 55. Uh, Jalen Samuels, who I did put a $4 bid on. I had no shot. Went for $44. He also dropped Naheem Hines. So I'll keep an eye on that to see if Mac, uh, something's up with him today. We'll see. Uh, this is another player I bid on, Eric Ebron. I bid a dollar. <laughs> he went for 43 <laughs> Oh, sorry. Just trying to keep and down Jason, Jason Witten was cut there. Uh, okay, another one was Marvin Jones is available because he's on a bye week. He didn't go for much, and that makes sense. He went for 28 that's a good uh, buy, though, for 28. Uh, now here and OK, so here's the interesting ones. So Chris Herndon was just a free agent, right? Just straight up free agent. And he went for four. And here is who I got this team. All had, right. This team had Carlos Hyde. I got him for four dollars. Oh, look at you. And I cut Justin Jackson so I can start Carlos Hyde this week. And you can. And why? Because the Falcons, everybody say it with me, the Falcons don't why would no, Why would nobody bid on Hyde at all? Because he's not very good. But the problem is they're not looking at the matchup close enough. I mean, look, he's better than Royce Freeman, right? Yeah, but at this point, like you said, you said, I don't want to pick up that guy because I'm good at wide receiver. I'm good at this. We're good at anything. Is this one of those leagues where on Sunday you could pick somebody up for free or do you have to pay for him? Uh, you can you can start doing free now every day. Well, you need to do free on Devontae Adams just to have him because no, an injury no, could strike at any mean? moment. No, Dev- you mean Allison? I think, oh, Allison, right? I saw not. I meant to say Allison. My apologies. You need to pick him up. Right, but I I have I'm so stacked at receiver. Like I would I wouldn't be able to start him. I, there's no. Well, I'll go, I'll I know go. the buys are coming. Winter is coming. Yeah, but but Devontae Adams is coming back too. Is he He's not going to miss I more hope. than a week? Is he? I don't know. Let's hope. Uh, Hunter Renfro went for a buck. Uh, I got Chase Daniel for a buck and dropped Keenum. Yeah. Woohoo. But I don't know if nice. I'm going to play him. And then uh, Ben Watson was at it for a dollar <laughs> and Tyler Croft. I need to add another tight end. So, so here's so the choice. You're going to like, okay. All right. I think here I are the choices. So okay. Here, so, so here are the choices. Okay. So Kyle Allen is a starter for me. And then I have a choice to play Daniel as my super flex if I want. But here are the other choices. My running backs are Royce Freeman, Todd Gurley. Gurley's definitely in. Carlos Hyde. Mm-hmm. I, I think Hyde is in for me at this point. I think so, too, in the matchup so far. Yeah. He Mostert and then Singletary, who I'll wait on all year. So it'll no. be, I think Gurley and Hyde are my starters. No, I think so. Royce Freeman has so. more, more points than Hyde. But I think that this is a good matchup for him. I think it's a good matchup for Hyde. I really do. And I would imagine, I mean, here's the thing. I I don't know the grades on this off the top of my head, but I think it's worth peeling into to see who is who which one between Duke Johnson and Hyde has a better pass protection rating. Because I think that's going to matter a lot this week. You got to they've got to figure this out and it means Hyde will be on the field more if it's him and it means Duke Johnson might be on the field more if it's him. Because they got to bring some extra help in there. Somebody needs to help because it's it's out of control. Out of control. But you're, okay. you're you're really into Kyle Allen this week, huh? You really think I have no so? choice against the Jaguars? Oh no, I'm not. But I have what? What am I? You, you, you would you start Chase, Chase Daniel against the against the Raiders? I don't know that I trust that. I don't know. I feel like I'm Allen. Not, I, oh, but Kyle Allen's trustable. He's really not. But I feel like he's going to throw a touchdown pass. I think here's what you're 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 banking on McCaffrey extending Kyle Allen's numbers. Is that what you're thinking of? 
I just I feel like I don't think Allen will fumble three times, and I think he'll throw for 150 yards and a touchdown, and I'm good with that. If I start, if I start, I don't. Here, here's the thing: I don't think I can start in the superflex league, Allen and Daniel. I think it's just too risky. Here, here are my. That I don't have a problem with. Here are my superflex options, and this is why I'm not picking up any receivers. Okay, so either I start four of these guys, Joe, or I start five and no quarterback. You clear? Either I start mm-hmm. four of these five or I start all five and I don't play a quarterback outside of uh, one. I have to play one. I have to play. Uh, and it's full point PPR, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Michael Thomas. DeAndre Hopkins were locked and loaded, correct? Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if Devontae Adams is out, Valdez Scantling were locked and loaded, correct? correct. No doubt. Right? No doubt. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's three. Josh Gordon. I pretty much have to start him. Like I, I at Washington, I I think I got to play. You can him. have Norman on him though. Norman's awfully chip. I mean, and not the, that it's not doable, and, but and then Tyler Boyd. I think I could start all five of these receivers this week and not, and only play one quarterback. That's a sick wide receiving core. Kyle Allen had no touchdowns last week. I just want to. I understand that. I understand that, but it was a weird thing. I think. I, well, I don't so, know. So you would start. So to be clear, you would start Chase Daniel over Allen. This week against the Raiders, I think I would. I really, I just do. I just, I don't know. He looked good throwing the ball to Allen Robinson like he just did. I just, and Tariq Cohn is another one. Well, well, Montgomery can't have a great game with Kyle, with Chase Daniel throwing a bunch of touchdowns. The Bears, I think I, a I, bunch of touchdowns, but Bears, I'm saying many, is, what if do you think if, the Bears point total will be this week at Oak, uh, in London against Oakland? What do you think? Um, 20? Yeah, I was going to say, I think it gets 21 or somewhere on there. That's two touchdowns, right? Well, if they get to twenty-one, that's three. With no other points, Joe. The Raiders are not. The Raiders are not very good. I'm just. I don't know. I don't know. You when you pick up a whole team and you you know bring them into London and stuff like that, wacky things happen. I know. And I know Oakland played well last week, but even so, at the end of that game, they let that offense with hardly anybody left. To I mean, Marlon Mack was hurt. Tiki White Hilton was hurt, and that offense still almost came back and 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 tied that game up. So. Okay. Look, so I'm not have, saying Chase Daniels is a world beater, but Kyle Allen isn't either. And we just talked about how we both like, uh, you know, the Jaguars are a team that's really playing well right now. And now we're going to, and it's right. tough. It's you're, you're in a rock in a hard place. You've done it so far. So if Kyle Allen's your guy, I, I, I think, think you roll Kyle out Allen there again. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so, but I do need a tight end. This Aikens guy for Houston didn't do anything. So I'm going to have to pick somebody up. So here are my options. Uh, Witten is now on the waiver wire. <laughs> Jason Witten, we, four weeks ago, we didn't realize was in the NFL again. Uh, Witten oh, is out there. This we stuff, you didn't. <laughs> don't do that. We're talking about Darwin. Uh, Witten, <laughs> Witten is available. Uh, the Vance McDonald train is available. Uh, Jimmy Graham is available. Vernon Davis or Jack Doyle. Those are the best tight end names. I'm not starting this Aikens dude again. Like I took. A I shot. think you play for the touchdown, and that means it's Witten or it's. Graham and I know you don't like either of those guys. I don't like any of these guys, but I do not like Graham. Well, then Witten's your guy. Jeez, I think Witten could be your guy. Hey, man. Hey, I started Witten the last two weeks, and I still got W's and flex. Then that like I've I've been terrible at tight end there. So Vernon Davis, uh, Gerald Everett. No, no. Stop. Aiden Hurst. Your stop. Oh no, Andrews is on there. No, Cameron Bratt. He had a touchdown, right? Great. No. Ricky Steele Jones, Joe. 
Now that's an intriguing one because Ricky Seal. No, I'll tell you what. Because that is Joku's. He's, he's out, right? Joku's out, and Jarvis Landry's probably going to be out too. So all oh, of a sudden, I'm going to have to wait though on that. I can't do it. I can't do it. If Ricky Landry's Seals there, Jones is one that if you are going to throw the dart, that might be the dart to throw it on because that guy's actually got some talent. He just never got used in Arizona, and he was basically just picked up all you know off the scrap heap. And you know, I thought, okay, Ricky. So would you uh, look? We don't know about yeah. Landry. We're not going to know until Monday. But would you pick up Ricky Seals Jones and play him over all these yep. other guys? Yes, I would. Really? Wow. Okay, I would. I would. I think the matchup's pretty good. There too, it is, Joe. Out. I'm going to pick it up. We're going to check back in on uh, Tuesday. Ricky Seals Jones. I think he was the guitar player for Sexual Chocolate and Coming to America. <laughs> you know, on Tuesday we're going to be here on this show, and you know, on Monday night <laughs> we'll, we'll be doing the show. Monday, I'll be down three points going into Monday night with Ricky Seals Jones. <laughs> Ricky Seals Jones on the base. It's all up to Joe Bezapia's call. Oh, oh. <laughs> good, good. Hang it on me. That's Hang it on me. I'll, t- I'll take it. I got it. I got the heat. I'll take the heat. All right. Oakland, Tampa Bay tonight. Uh, the The analysis yesterday on baseball was obviously wrong. I mean, Milwaukee dominated that game. And then uh, the kid in the right field, Grisham, missed the ball. And it, oh, man, what a disaster for Milwaukee. Okay. So Oakland's minus 130 tonight, Joe. It looks oh, wait, like Manai- before you. I'm sorry, but one quick thing. Did you see all the stupid people tweeting about, oh, Buckner 2.0? Don't hang that on that kid. Yeah, That's so stupid. Like, that, I mean, that, that ball took a, a weird hop. Anyway. It would have definitely I mean, Come on. Well, just come the third on. run wouldn't have scored. Right. Okay, Tampa Bay, Oakland, uh, Charlie Morton, phenomenal in the postseason, has to do it tonight in Oakland. Sean Manaya has come back, has been as dominant as any pitcher in Major League Baseball in September, but it was September. Manaya will start, Joe, he'll pitch three innings, and then uh, Jesus Lozardo is going to come in, and then they'll try and finish off that game with Liam Hendricks. Uh, they're a slight favorite tonight. Uh, who advances in the wild card tonight? Any clue? You know, it, it, this is a really this is gonna be really fun. I would think that the Rays advance because Morton can outlast the ace pitchers, but Manaya has been absolutely fantastic. I mean that that's one that he was really good a little while ago, and then you could see he started to wear down. The injuries happened, and then this year he comes in there and he's just you know one point two one ERA in the five starts. So it's limited, but man, he's been really good. I'm going to give the edge to the Rays there on Charlie Morton because of the distance. And he's been so good all year at getting into the seventh inning. And I think whenever you, whenever you're able to limit that bridge to the win with a couple innings, as opposed to four, you can do it in two or whatever it is to get to the, the guy to shut things down. I think that's always an advantage. I really do. And Charlie Morton's been, you know, that was a guy that people did not believe in this year. I was like, Oh, well he left Houston. Ah, he's done all this stuff. Meanwhile, you got Charlie Morton on a discount. You're loving life. I think it's the Rays. I think it's Charlie Morton. What do you think? <sighs> Man, tough, tough, tough. Uh, it's tough because they're not. Both of these teams I'll have good qualities and bad. I, I mean, Charlie Morton's my guy too, my friend, and I've known him forever. But I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll take. I'll take. You know what? I'll predict. Same thing happens that happened last night. I think Rays have a late lead and they blow it. And I think that. Um, I think Oakland wins, although, man, Tampa's bullpen is really good, too. Uh, Nick Anderson's pitching fantastic. I saw him here with Miami for half a season. I, I don't know. Something about Oakland. I'll, I'll take them, Joe. I don't, I don't feel strongly about it, but I'll just go oppo for that. Speaking of oppo, we got an opposite opinion on a topic in fantasy. That's coming up next as we do a little exit velocity right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Don't forget, we will be back tomorrow here on the show from noon to 2 Eastern. Professor Pizzi will be in the house with Thursday Night Football. Plenty more to come 
here throughout the week on FNTSY Radio. for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. All right, welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia. You know how we always end this show. Same way. It's with a little exit velocity. I feel the need. The need for speed. Exit velocity. The great thing about sports is that sometimes it transcends everything else and the stories and the connectivity we have as fans to the game, to the players is something bigger than ourselves. And nowhere was this more apparent than with the St. Louis Blues who won the Stanley Cup and last year had a lot of inspiration from a little girl named Layla who had a rare immune disease and was their biggest fan and so much of an inspiration to them. They had her come out there during the conference finals getting the crowd all revved up. She was there for all the games that she could be. And man, oh man, what a wonderful thing that they went on and won. And not only did they win, but this year, when they had their rings, they went to her house and hand-delivered her her own championship ring. Great job by the Blues, great job by the players. And the look on this little girl's face and how overcome she was, that's what sports is all about. We get caught up in the fantasy, we get caught up in the DFS and the wagering and all the other stuff. But at the end of the day, that's what sports is all about. Nice feeling to end the show in a good way. Dr. Roto and Adam Ronis are coming up next with full-time fantasy. Thanks again to our producer, Sean Guastamacchia. For Joe Pizzapia, I am Craig Mish. We'll be back for the Thursday edition of Fantasy Sports Today. Tomorrow at noon, we will talk to you then. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. See ya.